Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Good morning and welcome to Southridge. Excited to see each and every one of you. How is everybody doing this morning? Good. Oh, man. I love worship this morning. Man, so exciting to just be together with God's people in this place. Take your Bible, if you would, the book of Psalms, chapter number 25. Psalms, chapter number 25. We've been going through the book of Psalms, just picking out some highlighted passages and just teaching right on through it. And I'm glad that you are here. Have you noticed we're enamored by secrets? I mean, we love secrets nowadays. I mean, we just can't wait to hear a secret, to share a secret, and the best secrets are when somebody tells us it's a secret and don't share it. We love sharing those secrets. Those are our favorite, you know? It's like, you, you know that person at the office. If you want everybody to know something, you know, tell that person. And then you have to say, but don't tell nobody. And then you know where it'll get out to everybody. You know, there's just that person. And if you don't know that person at your office... You are that person. You know, just, just, just in case you're wondering, you might be that person, okay? Touch your neighbor and say, you might be that person. All right, there we go. I'm glad you are here. But we love secrets. Uh, I remember when I first discovered that there's even secret menus to some of our pl- favorite places to eat. Have you noticed this? Like Jamba Juice. Jamba Juice. They have this secret menu. You say, what do you mean a secret menu? I didn't know about this. But you can go to Jamba Juice and say, I want a white gummy. And they will make you a white gummy. They, they know what you're talking about. I thought somebody's pulling a prank on me the first time I went and said, I'll take a white gummy. I thought they were just going to look at me, laugh, and then I'd, I'd, I'd walk out the walk of shame. But no, they made me a white gummy. It, it was great. Uh, in and out in and out You know, in and out has a secret menu as well. Uh, it's called Animal Style. Some of you... You're like me, you don't like their fries. I'm about to fix that for you. Next time you go, say, hey, I want my fries extra crispy, animal style. It's gonna come back with something on it that's just delicious. It's great. Now, you will need to do some extra stomach crunches and push-ups to pay for those calories, but it's totally worth it though. It's totally worth it. Um, Everywhere you go, it seems like they've got a secret menu. Even Starbucks, secret menu. Uh, and it's, it's, it, we're just enamored by secrets. Some of you, you just finished the, the Stranger Things on Netflix, and you have people around you who said, oh, don't tell me, I don't want to listen, because they don't want you to spoil the secret, the ending. They don't want you to ruin it. But we are enamored by secrets today. We like hearing about secrets. We love hearing about secret agents. We like secret codes. We like secret messages. We love hearing about secret treasures. I remember when I was trying to date my wife. Uh, You say, what do you mean trying to date my wife? Uh, Different story. Uh, Don't have a lot of time to go into it, but I had heard that she had never had a birthday party, and she was about to turn 20 years old, and I was like, I'm going to throw her her very first birthday party. It's going to be epic. She's never had one, so the bar was really low. So I was like, this is great, you know? And I was like, this is easy. This is be the easiest party I've ever planned because what does she know if it's a good party or not? She ain't never had one. So this is, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So she, I was going to throw a party and I, and I thought of what I was going to do. I was going to tell all her friends to meet where we were having the party, but I wasn't going to tell her. Instead, I was going to give her a scavenger hunt that if she found all the clues, she would make it to where the party was going to be. Only one problem. My roommate, 
Chardon, who's Filipino, I had given him all the instructions. And he just looked at me, he heard me, and he did everything opposite of what I told him to do. And he took those little invitations that I had, and each clue went to another clue, which went to another clue, which was supposed to end up at the place. And he didn't have tape, so he took Band-Aids, and he was taping these clues with band-aids so it just looked like what's going on here you know nobody wanted to touch it. is that a used band-aid and knowing Chardon, it could have been a used band-aid you just don't know with this guy you know he just recycled everything and all these clues got all mixed up and so the secret didn't get out luckily jane's friend sarah joy knew where the party was going to be she said hey skip the scavenger hunt we're just going straight to where the party's going to be we're going to kill the secret we're just going to show up and so we love secrets though we like secrets. We, we, we want to find out about secrets. Have you ever thought about this? That God has secrets? God has secrets. And I think many of us, we assume that to be true, but we don't stop and think about that. Well, if God has secrets, who does he share them with? I mean, if God has a secret, I mean, what secrets could God have and who would he share them with? You see, it's not what you know, but what you don't that remains a secret. It's not what you know. It's what you don't know that remains a secret. And could it be that you are just one secret away from an entirely, entirely different life? Just one secret. Just one detail. Just one little connection. I don't know if you're like me, but I do this sometimes. I wish I could go back and tell my younger self all the secrets of life. Some of you are like, I would be a quazillionaire. Jeff Bezos would be like nothing compared to what I would be. I would have this. I would have done this. I wouldn't have bought so much cryptocurrency or I would have been there. I would have met her. I would have met him. I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have met him. I wouldn't have met her. There's all these things. You would have, you would have given yourself all the secrets you know you would have. And we ponder that. But what about the rest of your life? Wouldn't you want somebody helping you out with those secrets? What does it look like to have a satisfying relationship? What does it look like to have true fulfillment? And that's what Psalms 25 is all about. Notice if you would, this psalm is the psalm of David. David is coming out of some terrible things. He is going through it. David was the, the, the crown or the anointed king who had a fight for his kingdom. He ran for his life. He was betrayed by family. He was betrayed by friends. He was betrayed by Saul. He was on the run for not just a year or two, but for years of his life. He was on the run and he wrote these beautiful Psalms that you and I can relate to. And he says in Psalms 25, verse 1, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Think about that. Here's a man who's saying there are enemies around and they're treacherous. Treachery. Think about that word. That means that somebody's laid a trap for you that you don't see. And what if there's a God in heaven who has the secret that can help you to navigate your way around that? That's what the secret is. And David goes through an entire chapter, but then in verse 14 is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time. And I love this verse. It says this, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. 
and he will show him his covenant. In this passage, you see God has something to say, a secret to share, and something to show you. But let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we need you. I thank you for these that have gathered here together. May they receive something from your word. May your word not disappoint. God, I pray that you would illuminate these truths to us. Open up our minds, our hearts, and our uh, spirit to receive from you. God, I can do nothing of myself, but I require your assistance. So Holy Spirit, do a great and profound work. May we walk out of this place forever changed, knowing your secrets. And Father, would you speak to those that are coming, seeking for an answer. God, we need you in this place. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, the secret about secrets. There is a secret about secrets. And the secret is simply this, is that there is a seductive side to every secret. It's the reason we want to know the secret so badly. Last summer, when we announced to our church that we had a big secret, everybody showed up. It was amazing how many people showed up on that Sunday. There were people that were there that Sunday to hear the secret that I hadn't seen in years. And I'm not just talking like, oh, during the pandemic, you know. I'm talking about a long time. And I was excited when they showed up. And let me just park it here for a second. If you've been out of church for a long time, we're not the type of church that's like, and where have you been? No, we're the type of church that's like, yes, you're here. I'm so glad. I've been missing you. I've been praying for you. It's never a guilt trip. It's like, yeah, welcome home, buddy. It's like, we're excited. Come here, get a hug, high five, have a donut, have some coffee. Let's get back. Let's go. That's the type of church we want to be. Because I think we've all been to the type of church where it's been like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak on in. And then we sit down and sister so-and-so comes over. <clears throat> what do you think you've been doing? Uh, trying to go to church? <laughs> no, no, no. I know you've been out of church too long. You need to get up in the front row and repent first. You need to do all that. No, we're the type of church. We're just glad you're here. But I remember everybody just kind of showing up. But the thing about secrets are mysteries. That's what secrets are. They're mysteries that want to be mastered. And all that is missing are the right connections. That's all that's missing to a secret are the right connections. So if God has a secret and we want that secret, all that we're missing is the right connections. Any crossword puzzles or, in, or, or, or you like jigsaw puzzle people, you, know, you like solve problems? Any of you in here? Oh, a few of you. I think you guys are smart when you like puzzles like that. I'm more of like a tic-tac-toe and checkers kind of guy. Very simple, one-dimensional, real easy, okay? I don't do the Sudoku stuff. But here we see there's this puzzle, and you know how to figure it out. You, when doing a jigsaw puzzle, you start with the border, and you work your way in. You got this thing down. Here, we're just missing the connections to the secret with God. God has mysteries that need to be mastered, and he wants to. But... A secret only remains a secret to those who will not search for it. Think about that. A secret only remains a secret to those who will not search for it. God, yes, has secrets. And the Bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. It is with them that fear him. God is not trying to withhold his secret. He's not trying to keep his secrets a secret. And he's not secretive about his secrets. God wants you to master the connections and to get the secret. He wants you to have it. God wants you to have a life that's different than the one you are currently living. But it requires that you understand the secret. But the secret to this secret is that you are seeking the secret. But we live in a culture where we no longer want to seek out the secret. 
We're like, that looks like too much work. I'm already exhausted. Just thinking about the secret. My brain already hurts. I don't want to search out after it. But there are secrets to be found. In the classic book, Democracy in America, written by French philosopher Alexis de Tocqueville in the 1830s, he said this because he was a French philosopher who had watched the downfall of France. He had watched what the Age of Enlightenment did to his country. He watched how they tore down the monarchy. He watched as things crumbled and raveled apart in moral decay in France. But yet he looked across the ocean and he saw a bright light shining. And it was a young nation who had recently, just 60 years prior, won independence from Great Britain. And that nation had something different about it. So Alexis de Tocqueville, he went over to the country and he started looking for the secret of America. And this is what he wrote in his book about American democracy. He said this, It was not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness, that I understood the secret of her genius and power. He was not a pastor, a preacher, a president, a philosopher, or a pundit. He was somebody that was just seeking the secret. And he said, I found it after a careful search. God is not trying to hide anything from you, but he does want to help you to seek him to seek out the secret that he has. You see, there is a hidden truth that will define your destiny. But it is hidden. God's not trying to make it hard, but it is hidden. But we live in a generation that no longer wants to seek God. We want God to find us. And my friend, if you have found salvation, then God has done all the work. Now, you and I have the responsibility to seek him, Matthew 6, 33. But seek First, the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now it lies on our shoulders to seek God. And that's where we have the problem because we think we can casually seek God. We think we can just kind of seek him every once in a while. We think that seeking God is something that happens when we come to church on Sundays. But coming to church on Sundays is not enough to seek God. I'm going to do something for a second. If you have a Bible, would you hold it up for a second? Can I, can I see it? Can you hold it up? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. Man, we have less people but the same amount of Bibles in this service as we did the last service. The last service, there was very few empty seats and only 12 Bibles. But yet we say we're seeking God. What I think we're actually seeking is what a man says about God, but we're not actually seeking God. Because this is where we will find the secret in seeking God. You gotta understand, I am not sufficient in and of myself to help you spiritually. There is very little that I can offer you, very little. I am what you call a supplement to your Christian life. You say, what is a supplement? I go to the gym, and when I go to the gym, I have a little shaker bottle, and inside that shaker bottle, I have to shake it up because it has some supplements for my diet, and I shake it up before I go to the gym, and then I drink it because it's got vitamins, electrolytes, nutrients. It's got pre-workout, post-workout. It's got everything that I need to fuel my workout, but not just the workout, but also after the workout. It's got things that'll help build muscle. It's got the vitamins and nutrients that I need, but I still 
go home and eat a meal. My friend, church is a supplement. It is not sufficient to carry you spiritually. You still need to go home and eat a meal. The meal is the word of God. The prophet Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. There is something that when the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What is he talking about, my friend? He's talking about this word. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. If we can't come to church with the Bible, what makes us think that we're going to read the Bible at home? And I get it. We could put it on our devices. We could put it on our phones. That's perfectly fine. But here's the point I'm trying to make. When you walk into church, does any person that sees you going to church think you're going to church? What a great opportunity we have at this hotel where there are hundreds of other people staying here that do not know there's a church, but see dozens and dozens of people walking with a book like this. You know what they assume? That person's trying to seek God. I work in an office and I can look out of my window at certain times every single day. And there's a man that'll face the east. He will get down a little rug and he will pray in the middle of the parking lot. He's a Muslim. He doesn't care who's watching. He doesn't care who's around, but he will stop and he will pray. When's the last time you stopped and prayed for your lunch in your office, in your workspace? You say, it's getting a little bit hot. It's getting a little bit convicting. I apologize, but then again, no, I don't. Because you want the secrets, but you don't want to do any seeking. And that's our problem. We think we can show up every once in a while and God's like, oh, excellent. You finally showed up. Let me reveal all of my vast mysteries to you. That's not how God works. God is saying, seek me and I will be found. God is not hiding. He's not trying to make it hard, but he is looking for you and I to seek him. I just read this morning, 2 Chronicles, where the king Jehoshaphat was faced with other armies. And he said, God, my eyes are on you. I'm seeking your face. Your face, Lord, we will seek. And God delivered them. But where are God's people saying, I'm going to seek him? You know, your children need to see you seeking him in the Bible. Your friends and coworkers need to see you seeking him. But if the only time they see you with this book is when you come to church, my friend, they know you are not seeking him. This is not enough. This is supplemental. This is not sufficient. And we've got to get back to that. God wants to show us things, but there's a hidden truth that will define your destiny. In the book of Daniel, chapter number two, you meet a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the ruler of the nation of Babylon. And Babylon had taken over the entire known world. And they had conquered the nation of Israel. And they had taken some Hebrews that were royalty to the nation of Babylon. And it was there in Babylon that they changed their names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there was a man by the name of Daniel. They changed his name to Belteshazzar. Well, the king had dreamed a dream. And he wanted to know the interpretation of his dream. So he calls his wise men, his astrologers, his magicians, his counselors. And he said, I've dreamed a dream. Now tell me the interpretation. The wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the counselors, they came and said, sure, king, tell us your dream. We'll tell you the interpretation. And King Nebuchadnezzar in his wisdom said, oh, no, 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 no. You've done this before. I tell you the dream and you make something up. So no, this time it's going to be different. This time you tell me my dream and the interpretation. The magicians, astrologers, and the wise men said, King, no king which has ever lived have ever asked that because that wisdom only belongs to the gods who do not dwell with men. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, then you will die. 
And so in Daniel chapter number two, verse number 14, the Bible says, then when the council and wisdom, Daniel answered Arach, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arach, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arach made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and his companions that they may seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret. They said, God has a secret. We don't know the interpretation and we don't know the dream. That's a secret, but God knows it. You don't know how to fix your marriage, but God does. You don't know how to fix your family, but God does. You don't know how to get a job, but God does. You don't know how to fix this country, but God does. You don't know how to save this city, but God does. I don't know how to build that church, but God does. I don't know how to lead a congregation, but God does. I don't know how to see souls saved, but God does. God does. God does. God does. Amen? God does. But yet we don't seek him. We seek everybody else. We seek our friends. We seek podcasts. We seek books. We seek counselors. Everybody's in therapy nowadays, so all of us are in therapy, and all of us are miserable and worse because we've stopped actually seeking God. And God's like, I got the secrets. I got everything you need right here. You just come to me and I will show you. They're hidden, but they're not hard, my friend. And some of you believe the lie from Satan that they are hard to find. And God is saying, no, it's not. It's right here, everything you need to know. The scripture even says, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's given all of it to us in his word. But if we're not going to get in God's word, God's word will not get into us. The Bible says, God's word is a light unto my path and a light unto my steps. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. This word needs to be in you. And so when you go to church, it's not about bringing this Bible just to church. It's about that you and I are in this Bible. But how can you and I be in it if we're not even really willing to bring it to church? We are some of God's greatest walking billboards everywhere we go. And some of us will put a political t-shirt on, which I'm fine, good. We will put political statements on. We have no problem. We may even put a cross on our car. We may have a jewelry that's a religious symbol. But when's the last time you just said, I'm just going to carry this. This is all the statement that I need. My friend... We need to get back to seeking this, not just the supplements. Because there is a hidden destiny that's hidden here. You say, what happened to Daniel? Daniel told the king in verse number 19, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. He was given the secret. He goes to the king. He tells him the dream, the interpretation. The king makes Daniel second in command. Daniel's destiny is forever changed by one secret. Could it be that your life is forever going to be changed because you unlock one secret? One secret could change everything about your addiction, everything about your bad habits. Everything could change with just one secret. I mean, we wish we could go back and tell ourselves, invest in Apple. We wish we could go back and say, one little secret, just one word, and you know it will forever change everything. You know it would. But yet, we won't do it now and in the future. See, there is a treasure, and it's in seeking God. But then I noticed all these difficulties, they led to the greatest discovery. The greatest discovery is that God had a secret. That's what David was going for. And of course, he was going to be challenged. Of course, it was going to get difficult. Because hell always challenges you over what heaven has called you. Let me say it again. Hell will always challenge you over what heaven has called you. 
Why are you surprised when the challenge comes? Why are you surprised when the difficulties come? We should expect the challenge. But notice this as we move quickly. Verse number 14, we saw the first half, the secret of the Lord. Here's the middle half, is with them that fear him. Let me do it again. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. If you underline or you highlight, circle the part or highlight the part that says that fear him. Notice, we want the secret. We just don't like that other part, that fear him. Some of us are like, wait a minute, God, can I just have the secret? Can you just download that into me? Can you just make it on a wall, put in a cloud in the sky? I just want the secret. That's all I want. I mean, nowadays, we can go buy any of our favorite restaurant's secret sauce. You can just go to the store and buy it. Chick-fil-A sauce, you can go buy it in a bottle. You want the McDonald's special sauce they put on the Big Mac? You can go buy that sauce. You can go get it. You want the RB sauce? Yeah, you can go buy it. And some of us are like, God, put your secrets in a bottle so I can just buy it. That's like me saying, hey, to my wife, Jane, I just want your body. I don't really want anything else. How selfish is that? But yet, that's what we do to God. You see, we want this, but we don't want that. See, that this is the secret, that that is the fear of the God. We want this, but we don't want to do that. I want abs, but I don't want to go to the gym to get it. I want this, but I don't want to do that. I like donuts, but guess what? I got to do push-ups for donuts, okay? I got to go to the gym. I want to be healthy and have energy. I got to eat right. I got to do this to get that. Are you tracking with me? You want this, but you have to do that. We live in a culture now that says, I want this, but I don't want to do that. The church has allowed us for too long to only get this and never do that. That's why we don't have the fear of God anymore. We're like, you don't need to fear God. Because think about it, think about it. How many of you are like, oh, I don't, I don't like going to those churches that are that hellfire brimstone preaching. It just makes me, ah, I just don't feel good. I, just, I, I don't like it very much. I, I, I want to feel good when I go to church. Ain't nothing wrong with feeling good when you go to church. I want to feel good too. But there is a part of feeling good that's on the other side of getting right. Ever gone to the chiropractor? It hurts so bad and feels so good all at the same time. You're like... Ah, and they're like, should I stop? You're like, no, just keep going. And God's saying, I'm going to do the exact same thing with you. That's the way conviction should work. But yet some of us are like, no, 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 no. I don't want the conviction of God. I want this, but I don't want that. God, I'll take a little grace, but I don't want any of the law. No, 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 no. I don't want that. I'll seek you, God, if it's on my terms. That is not a God. That's a genie in a bottle. You made him up. He does not exist. He's a figment of your imagination. He's fictional. But our God is the God, the one, the only, that at the name of God, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, that he is God. That's who he is. You don't get to debate with him. You don't get to have an arm wrestling competition and see who wins. You don't get to rock, paper, scissors with God. You don't get to bring an argument with God. God is God that settles it, my friend. And yet some of us are like, oh, I don't like it when I feel afraid. Because after all, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. So whenever I feel afraid, I just don't like that feeling. I'm going to go see my therapist now. You and me both. I've spent two years in therapy. I'm not knocking therapists. Well, actually, I am. That's a lie. I really am. I think if you get in God's word, he'll help you out a lot. The problem is we want to seek everything but God. 
but I'm gonna call you out on your lying to yourself about you don't like to be afraid because you spent $17 last week at the AMC theater to watch a thriller and a scary movie. So don't tell me you don't like to be afraid. You will pay good money to have somebody scare you. You can't wait till October because you're gonna go to Great America and they got that Halloween haunt and you love it when people jump out and scare the pants off of you. You're like, that was the best and you pay good money. So don't you lie to yourself and say, I don't wanna come to church and feel afraid. Come on, you love it. I couldn't even watch Stranger Things because I heard there was Black Widow spiders in it. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. The devil is a lie. I'm, I don't need that. I don't like to be scared. So don't come in here when the conviction comes in, when the preaching gets hot, and you say, oh, I just don't like to be afraid. Liar. Liar. Stop lying to yourself. That's a lie from the devil. You need to sit back and say, wait a minute, God, what do you want to say to me? You want me to seek you, and I need to get over that I try to get this without doing that. So God, it's this and that. This and that. Say it with me, church. This and that. This and that. You can't have this without that. Stop doing that in Christianity, but that's what we're doing. We want this without that, and God says, no, you need this and that. It's this and that. It's grace and truth. It's grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. It's both. Some of you want all grace, no truth. Some of you want all truth and no grace. I grew up in a legalistic background where we want all truth and no grace. It's a balance of both. God's word does say what's right and what's wrong. And we need to submit ourselves to it because after all, we need to live in the fear of God. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Write this down. Wisdom always wins. Wisdom always wins. Fear God and your enemies will fear you, Benjamin Franklin. You say, but who's my enemy? We have one enemy. His name is the devil. And when you fear God, he fears you. That's the only enemy I have. I have no person, whether they like me, dislike me, or hate me, they are not my enemy. They are the opportunity. They need Jesus Christ, their Savior. And so that is our responsibility. But here's where we get hung up. We don't understand the fear of God. I grew up and I thought the fear of God was uh, my wife will never wear pants. Uh, she'll wear things called culottes. You're saying culottes. What are those? Look it up. It's hilarious. I thought you fear of God is I will never go to a movie theater until we started a church in a movie theater. I thought that I would never listen to rock and roll music. Boy, was I missing out on Bono. And then I was never allowed to uh, listen to uh, certain music, go to certain places. Oh, no mixed bathing. You say, yeah, you should definitely not be doing mixed bathing. That's what they call swimming with co-ed, never allowed. I was like, why you guys got to make it weird and call it mixed bathing? That's just like super weird. I go to Christian camp. They'd be like, all right, there'll be no mixed bathing. And I was like, I hope not. You know, you're just a bunch of 10-year-olds at junior camp. You're like, yeah, I, I certainly hope we're not doing that. But they would just say it. it was confusing. And I thought, that's the fear of God. And then somebody broke it down. They were like, no, the fear of God is that you have a reverence for God. And I was like, Ah, I kind of get it. And then they were like, well, it's like your dad. You know, you kind of fear your dad. And I was like, so God is my dad. And, they were, and then it just doesn't work. So I'm going to give you four A's. Write this down as we're finishing these things up. First of all, fearing God means you understand his authority. It means you understand that God is an authority. You don't give God authority over your life. He already has it. Whether you think you're an atheist, an agnostic, a skeptic, or a seeker, God is already in total control. You say, well, why do bad things happen? God allows things because we have a free will. And this world is a broken world. And it's to remind you and I that this is the closest to hell you and I will get if we are a child of God. And it is the closest to heaven others will get that are not children of God. That is the reminder of this world. 
We need to understand that he's an authority. Why? Because he is God. And that's the question you need to answer. Is God God? That's the question you need to answer because a lot of us really struggle with, is God God? And until you solve that question, all other questions are irrelevant. Because when you understand that God is God, this word trumps everything else that you may think, believe, or been told. It's that God is my authority. Secondly, that brings a greater awareness of his presence. I have an awareness of his presence. Thirdly, it means I'm accountable. It means that if God is my authority, then I'm accountable to that authority. I'm responsible for what I do. You see, we have a culture that now says, no, you evolved from primordial ooze. You have no accountability. This all just happened. It all just happened. And it took a long time to happen, but it all happened, which takes away our accountability. Which if you believe that to be true, then you've got to come up with a reason why morality exists. Because without God, you do not have morality. You cannot determine what is right and wrong without somebody being a final authority to decide what is right and wrong. That's why our culture now does not understand right from wrong anymore. Because they've gotten rid of all authority. And we think we have nobody to be accountable to. That every man does that which is right in their own eyes. But that is contrary to scripture. So you do not fear God if you're not accountable to him. Understand, we're talking about secrets. Unhealthy secrets always come to the surface. Unhealthy secrets always come to the surface. Fourth one, access. You see, when you understand who God is and you fear him, you now have access. A warrant is a piece of paper that gives me access to anywhere the judge decrees. This is why God can say in his authority, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. That's why God can send you and give you access. It's not my authority. It's not my power, but his. Thirdly and finally, the significance of the secret. Maybe you've been sitting here. And you're like, Pastor, I've been here for 30 minutes. It's hot. It's warm. I, I'm, I just want to go to a movie theater and watch a scary movie and just kind of decompress. And then go see my therapist after the scary movie. Because this whole time you're thinking, Pastor, can you just tell me the secret? God, like, Pastor, just give me the secret. Just, just give it to me. And if that is your mentality, you've missed the point of the message. I can't give you the secret because it's not my secret to give. It's God's. But yet we've got a culture that says, no, 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 no. I want the blessing, but not the blesser. I want salvation without the Savior. I want redemption without the Redeemer. I want the provision without the provider. I want the gift without the giver. You want a God after your liking and your imagination that fits in your schedule. You actually think you are God. You may not say it out loud, but when you have that mentality, that is the epitome of selfishness and self-centeredness that has corrupted the church today because you think life is about you. You're entitled, self-centered, ungrateful, irritable because you don't understand who God is. And when you understand who he is, that's the significance of the secret. See, God speaks to all of us, but only whispers secrets to some of us, to those that seek him, that draw close. There's a bond, there's a connection that forms the moment somebody comes to you and says to you, hey, I have a secret I want to share with you. 
immediately your ears perk up because somebody wants to share with you a secret. And it's not that they want to share with you a secret. It's that they will trust you with a secret, especially if you want to date this person, marry this person. You were like, oh man, this is it. Share me the secrets. I want to know. And they say, I'm in love with this other person. And no, I'm just kidding. Don't hit them. But we want to know the secret because we know there's a bond that they trust us. Think about this. When God shares a secret with somebody, that means he trusts them. All your life, you've been told, trust God. When God reveals a secret to you, he's saying, I trust you. How powerful is that? That God says, I'm about to give you this secret that's going to totally change your destiny, change your family line, change everything about your life. I'm about to open this up to you. I'm about to show you something that you wouldn't even imagine. It's going to blow your mind. And in that moment, God is actually trusting you with that secret. How powerful is that? How life changes is that? Wouldn't that change church for everybody if they realize that God is revealing a secret that can break everything else open in their life? That's what God wants to do for you this morning. You see, the truth is there is a hidden destiny and we don't unlock it. So as we close, go after God, seek him. The word know God is so important that we know our God. Daniel eleven thirty two 32 says, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Do you know God? The scripture also goes on to say in Hosea 6, 4, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How many people commit suicide and their marriages and their relationships because of lack of knowledge, no hope. As we close, there's a secret to the Titanic that most people didn't know till 2007. Director James Cameron didn't make his movie Titanic till 1995, but this secret didn't come out till after. And this secret reveals the entire reason that the ship could have made it and never been sunk. It's a small little secret. It's a little piece of metal that went missing on April the 14th, 1912. This little piece of metal could have saved 1,522 lives that were on the Titanic. This truth was kept a secret the entire time. They didn't want this to get out because it was bankrupt the, the, the company. And so they hid this secret until 2007 when it was auctioned off. You say, what was the secret? You see, there was a man who was in charge of watching out in the crow's nest. But just before the ship was to sail, he got sick and had to stay in London. And he forgot to turn in a little metal key that he had. And there was only one metal key. He took it with him. And that metal key opened the safe. And that safe was the one pair of binoculars on the Titanic that in the crow's nest was specially designed because they were crossing Atlantic waters, which were known for icebergs. And if the man in the crow's nest would have not been relying on its natural sight, but would have had the keys that unlocked this destiny secret, 1,522 lives would have been saved because he would have had the binoculars to see the iceberg in time. And so in 2007, the key was auctioned off for $100,000. You know, there is a secret that could save your soul. But will you seek it? 
A secret will remain a secret until you search for it. Let's all stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would just meet and gather with us. Help us to be a people that seek God, that know you. Help us be a people that want to seek you with all of our hearts and all of our lives. Father, right now, we just, we want you. We want to know you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to sing one last song and then I'm going to invite you to make an altar there, your seat where you can kneel and pray or you can slip out and come to the front and I'll be here and I would love to pray with you because I believe it's decision time. I believe it's a time that we say, God, I'm going to seek you and it's going to be again right here, right now. God, I want to do whatever it takes to seek you, to find you. I want to know your secrets. I'm tired of just hearing what you're saying. I want the secrets, God. So reveal the secrets. So right now, let's come out. Let's do some business with God. So if you want to kneel up front here, I'll meet you. I'll pray with you. You want to kneel in your seat, but let's, right now, we're going to seek God together as a church. Worship team, would you lead us? And as the team begins to sing and play, I'm going to invite you. You can slip out. I'll pray with you. Or you can kneel at your seat. But right now, let's seek God together. Thank you again for spending time with us today. And a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again and we'll catch you on the next one.